Section 10 of The Romance of a Mummy and Egypt. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. The Romance of a Mummy and Egypt by Theophile Gautier. Translated by F. C. de Sumacrost. Section 10. Chapter 6. Tahoser, encouraged by the friendly words of Poeri, abandoned her supplicating attitude and rose. A rich glow flushed her cheek, but now so pale. Shame came back into her with hope. She blushed at the strange action to which love had driven her. She hesitated to pass the threshold which she had crossed so often in her dreams. Her maidenly scruples, stifled for a time by passion, resumed their power in the presence of reality. The young man, thinking that timidity, the companion of misfortune, alone prevented Tahoser from entering the house, said to her in a soft musical voice, marked by a foreign accent, "'Enter, maiden, and do not tremble so. My home is large enough to shelter you. If you are weary, rest. If you are thirsty, my servants will bring you pure water, cooled in porous clay jars. If you are hungry, they will set before you wheaten bread, dates, and dried figs.' Petamunov's daughter, encouraged by these hospitable words, entered the house, which justified the hieroglyph of welcome inscribed upon the gate. Poeri took her to a room on the ground floor, the walls of which were painted with green vertical bands ending in lotus flowers, making the apartment pleasant to the eyes. A fine mat of reeds woven in symmetrical designs covered the floor. At each corner of the room great sheaves of flowers filled tall vases, held in place by pedestals, and scattered their perfume through the cool shade of the hall. At the back a low sofa, the woodwork of which was ornamented with foliage and chimerical animals, tempted with its broad bed the fatigued or idle guest. Two chairs, the seats made of Nile reeds, with sloping back, strengthened by stays, a wooden footstool cut in the shape of a shell and resting upon three legs, an oblong table also three-legged, bordered with inlaid work, and ornamented in the centre with uraeus snakes wreaths and agricultural symbols and on which was placed a vase of rose and blue lotus completed the furniture of the room which was pastoral in its simplicity and gracefulness poeri sat down on the sofa tahoser bending one leg under her thigh and raising one knee knelt before the young man who fixed upon her a glance full of kindly questioning she was most lovely in that attitude the gauze veil in which she was enveloped exhibited as it fell back the rich mass of her hair bound only with a narrow white ribbon and revealed her gentle sweet sad face her sleeveless tunic showed her lovely arms bare to the shoulder and left them free i am called poeri said the young man i am steward of the royal estates and have the right to wear the gilded ram's horns on my state headdress and I am called Ora, replied Tahoser, who had arranged her little story beforehand. My parents are dead, their goods were sold by their creditors, leaving me just enough to pay for their burial. So I have been left alone and without means. But since you are kind enough to receive me, I shall repay you for your hospitality. I have been taught the work of women, although my condition did not oblige me to perform it. I can spin and weave linen with thread of various colors. I can imitate flowers and embroider ornaments on stuffs. I can even, when you are tired by your work and overcome, by the heat of the day, 
delight you with song harp or lute ora you are welcome to my dwelling said the young man you will find here without taxing your strength for you seem to me to be delicate occupation suitable for a maiden who has known better days among my maids are gentle and good girls who will be pleasant companions for you and who will show you how we live in this pastoral home so the days will pass and perhaps brighter ones will dawn for you if not you can quietly grow old in my home in the midst of abundance and peace the guest whom the god sends is sacred having said these words poeri arose as if to avoid the thanks of the supposed aura who had prostrated herself at his feet and was kissing them as do wretches who have just been granted a favor but the lover in her had taken the place of the suppliant and her ripe rosy lips found it hard to leave those beautiful clean white feet that resembled the jasper feet of the gods before going out to superintend the work of the farm poeri turned around on the threshold of the room and said ora remain here until i have appointed a room for you i shall send you some food by one of my servants and he walked away quietly the whip which marked his rank hanging from his wrist the workmen saluted him placing one hand on their head and the other to the ground but by the cordiality of their salute it was easily seen that he was a kind master sometimes he stopped to give an order or a piece of advice for he was greatly skilled in matters of agriculture and gardening then he resumed his walk looking to the right and left and carefully inspecting everything tahoser who had humbly accompanied him to the door and had crouched on the threshold her elbow on her knee and her chin on the palm of her hand followed him with her glance until he disappeared under the leafy arches she kept on looking long after he had passed out by the gate into the fields a servant in accordance with an order which poeri had given when he went out brought on a tray a goose-leg onions baked in the ashes wheaten bread and figs and a jar of water closed with myrtle flowers the master sends you this eat maiden and regain your strength tahoser was not very hungry but her part required that she should exhibit some appetite the poor must necessarily devour the food which pity throws them so she ate and drank a long draught of the cool water the servant having gone she resumed her contemplative attitude innumerable contradictory thoughts filled her mind sometimes with maidenly shame she repented the step she had taken at others carried away by her passion she exulted in her own audacity then she said to herself here i am it is true under poeri's roof i shall see him freely every day i shall silently drink in his beauty which is more that of a god than of a man i shall hear his lovely voice which is like the music of the soul but will he who never paid any attention to me when i passed by his home dressed in my most brilliant garments adorned with my richest gems perfumed with scents and flowers mounted on my painted and gilded car surmounted by a sunshade and surrounded like a queen with a retinue of servants will he pay more attention to the poor suppliant maiden whom he has received through pity and who is dressed in mean stuff will my wretchedness accomplish what my wealth could not do it may be after all that i am ugly and that no fray flatters me when she maintains that from the unknown sources of the nile to the place where it casts itself into the sea there is no lovelier maid than her mistress yet no i am beautiful the blazing eyes of men have told me so a thousand times 
and especially have the annoyed airs and the disdainful pouts of the women who passed by me confirmed it will poeri who has inspired me with such mad passion never love me he would have received just as kindly an old wrinkled woman with withered breasts clothed in hideous rags and with feet grimy with dust any one but he would at once have recognized under the disguise of aura tahoser the daughter of the high priest petamunoph but he never cast his eyes upon me any more than does the basalt statue of a god upon the devotees who offer up to it quarters of antelope and baskets of lotus these thoughts cast down the courage of tahoser then she regained confidence and said to herself that her beauty her youth her love would surely at last move that insensible heart she would be so sweet so attentive so devoted she would use so much art and coquetry in dressing herself that certainly poeri would not be able to resist then she promised herself to reveal to him that the humble servant-maid was a girl of high rank possessing slaves estates and palaces and she foresaw in her imagination a life of splendid and radiant happiness following upon a period of obscure felicity first and foremost let me make myself beautiful she said as she rose and walked towards one of the pools on reaching it she knelt upon the stone margin washed her face her neck and her shoulders the disturbed water showed her in its mirror broken by innumerable ripples her vague trembling image which smiled up to her as through green gauze and the little fishes seeing her shadow and thinking that crumbs of bread were about to be thrown to them drew near the edge in shoals she gathered two or three lotus flowers which bloomed on the surface of the pool twisted their stems around the band that held in her hair and made thus a headdress which all the skill of nofre could never have equalled even had she emptied her mistress's jewel caskets when she had finished and rose refreshed and radiant a tame ibis which had gravely watched her drew itself up on its two long legs stretched out its long neck and flapped its wings two or three times as if to applaud her having finished her toilet tahoser resumed her place at the door of the house and waited for poeri the heavens were of a deep blue the light shimmered in visible waves through the transparent air intoxicating perfumes rose from the flowers and the plants the birds hopped amid the branches pecking at the berries the fluttering butterflies chased one another this charming spectacle was rendered yet more bright by human activity which enlivened it by the communication of a soul the gardeners came and went the servants returned laden with panniers of grass or vegetables others standing at the foot of the fig trees caught in baskets the fruit thrown to them by monkeys trained to pluck them and perched on the highest branches tahoser contemplated with delight this beautiful landscape the peacefulness of which was filling her soul and she said to herself how sweet it would be to be beloved here amid the light the scents and the flowers poeri returned he had finished his tour of inspection and withdrew to his room to spend the burning hours of the day tahoser followed him timidly and stood near the door ready to leave at the slightest gesture but poeri signed to her to remain she came forward timidly and knelt upon the mat you tell me ora that you can play the lute take that instrument hanging upon the wall strike its chords and sing me some old air very sweet very tender and very slow the sleep which comes to one cradled by music is full of lovely dreams the priest's daughter took down the mandore 
drew near the couch on which poeri was stretched leaned the head of the lute against the wooden bedhead hollowed out in the shape of a half-moon stretched her arm to the end of the handle of the instrument the body of which was pressed against her beating heart let her hand flutter along the strings and struck a few chords then she sang in a true though somewhat trembling voice an old egyptian air the vague sigh breathed by the ancestors and transmitted from generation to generation and in which recurred constantly one and the same phrase of a sweet and penetrating monotony in very truth said poeri turning his dark blue eyes upon the maid you know rhyme as does a professional musician and you might practise your art in the palaces of kings but you give to your song a new expression the air you are singing one would think you are inventing it and you impart to it a magical charm your voice is no longer that of mourning another woman seems to shine through you as the light shines from behind a veil who are you i am ora replied tahoser have i not already told you my story only i have washed from my face the dust of the road i have smoothed out the folds in my crushed gown and put a flower in my hair if i am poor that is no reason why i should be ugly and the gods sometimes refuse beauty to the rich but does it please you that i should go on yes repeat that air it fascinates benumbs me it takes away my memory like a cup of nepenthe repeat it until sleep and forgetfulness fall upon my eyelids poeri's eyes fixed at first upon tahoser soon were half closed and then completely so the maiden continued to strike the strings of the mandaray and sang more and more softly the refrain of her song poeri slept she stopped and fanned him with a palm-leaf fan thrown on the table poeri was handsome and sleep imparted to his pure features an indescribable expression of languor and tenderness his long eyelashes falling upon his cheeks seemed to conceal from him a celestial vision and his beautiful red half-opened lips trembled as if they were speaking mute words to an invisible being after a long contemplation emboldened by silence and solitude tahoser forgetting herself bent over the sleeper's brow kept back her breath pressed her heart with her hand and placed a timid furtive winged kiss upon it then she drew back ashamed and blushing the sleeper had faintly felt in his dream tahoser's lips he uttered a sigh and said in hebrew oh rahel beloved rahel fortunately these words of an unknown tongue conveyed no meaning to tahoser and she again took up the palm-leaf fan hoping yet fearing that poeri would awake end of chapter six recording by dion gines salt lake city utah